Welcome to another edition of the Roar of the Lions UK podcast, sponsored by Buzz and Sounds Recording Studio. My name's Matthew Turner. Thank you so much for joining us. I've got for my preview pod, as always, my two co-hosts, Aaron Fletcher and Anthony Fitzpatrick. How are you doing, boys? After a week of quiet reflection over the Minnesota game, I'm still angry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not in a position where I'm feeling much more upbeat on it at the moment, to be fair. Yeah, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. If I'm going to paraphrase um, Pride of Detroit, our, our better counterparts. Um, for our podcast today, we're going to be uh, previewing the Washington football team game at the Detroit Lions. And to that end, we have with us DC Tweet Team's Andy Burrows. How are you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Matt, thanks for uh, asking me on. I think I'll fit in well here. Disappointed and angry. Yeah, this is going to go well. <laughs> it's not <laughs> been the best of uh, seasons for either of us. I think we would... Both agree on that, but thank you so much for coming on. Um, why don't you give us a quick plug? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm the host of the DC Tweet Team uh, podcast uh, for the Washington football team. We started in May this year, and um, yeah, it's, it's taken off more than I could ever expect. We've got some great guests on. The team have been brilliant to us. You know, we've got uh, Julie Donaldson's been on with uh, Doc Walker on, ex-Super Bowl winners. I've been lucky enough to be on NBC Washington myself and talk to the guys on their shows. So the pod's just going from strength to strength and, it's, and I get to do things like this and meet fellow fans like yourself. So yeah, it's all good. Thanks, mate. That's fantastic success. I must admit, I'm, I'm slightly envious. Let's hear a bit about you. When did you get into the NFL? Why did you choose Washington? That sort of thing. Um, so I got into the NFL around 1999. Um, I was lucky enough to spend some time out in Washington and I was staying with a family at the time who were just mad, mad Redskins fans. I didn't have a clue. I was literally just went over there being a football slash soccer fan, loving my sport. And they were like, every Sunday we watch football. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll join you. I love sport. It's just an excuse to go to the pub really. But, um, we um we just I just got into the games then so around ninety nine two thousand I just spent some time with them watching games I was lucky enough to travel around DC for quite some time um spent a hell of a lot of time out there I've been back there countless of times now um so the love just grew throughout the nineties and the two thousands and as the content got better in the UK uh which once Sky got more involved because obviously you boys know it's like it used to just be Channel Four highlights or we never had any live games and. Once the, the content got better with the internet and then eventually, obviously, we've got live games over here. So I've just grown more and more into it as I've got, as I've got older. And it's only these last four or five years that I've really like, started studying. I, ne- I never used to bother with things like the draft and stuff like that. I didn't really have a clue about that sort of thing. But the last four or five years, I've been studying like, the draft and having a look at college players and you know, going to games over here. I was lucky enough to watch Washington over here, travel over there. So, yeah, the love's just grown and grown over the years, guys. And, uh, yeah, here we are today. Sounds great. Um, do you have a, a favourite game over your time that you've supported the team? Yeah, someone asked me, we, we do a podcast called Being a Fan. 
Um, and I got interviewed on it this week, actually, and they asked me that question. Uh, 2012, uh, RG3 away at the Cowboys at Thanksgiving. When, oh. he started, when he started throwing absolute bombs, you were like, wow, we actually look like we could actually do something this season. And uh, we all thought that 2012 was the turnaround. So for me, yeah, the Cowboys on the road, Thanksgiving was just one of the best games of football I've ever seen. That to me was what I watched the NFL for, you know, 60, 70 yard bombs down the field. And we, we were up by like 20 points at half time. It's just, a, I remember watching that game here in the UK and it was late at night and I was just cheering the house down. And so for me, That'll all stand out. I went to the Philadelphia Eagles game, my first ever time at FedEx, probably four years ago. I was lucky enough to get on the field. So, you know, it's like when us guys here, we watch it on TV every Sunday. So to go from the week before being in my front room watching it on TV to standing on the field at FedEx was unbelievable. It blew my mind. I mean, the ground gets a lot of bad publicity, but for me to just be standing there and on the field and like my heroes were walking past me and, you know, I got to meet them and chat to them was unbelievable. Sounds great. Boys, any questions? Mine are probably more team related, so we'll get onto those probably later on while we're discussing the matchup. All right. Just just as we kind of, before we get into it, obviously at some point we're going to get into the game and the nitty gritty of the plays and things like that. Uh-huh. We've been going since May. Well, a big thing obviously happened within Washington, um, the Washington football team since May. Um, and obviously you're getting, you're ready to prepare to, to make this podcast under, under your team. And then all of a sudden, obviously they changed the name. They've changed the logo. There's still so much indecisiveness on that. They've obviously had all the controversy come out over Schneider. And I'm just, just really curious to hear your thoughts on, not, not necessarily the players, and obviously, like I said, we'll get on to the actual football later on. But what are your thoughts at the moment on the, the state of the franchise? Um, I think it's uh, we are changing and um, with someone like Ron Rivera uh, at the helm, he is going to bring in the change that we need. Yeah, it was a big shock to everyone when you know we had to get rid of the, the name, the Redskins name. It's got a lot of heritage and history in it and it hurt a lot of people. But then you've got the flip side of the coin where people have been trying to get this name changed for years. It was in court a number of years ago and a court ruled in the favour of the team then to keep the name. So this isn't like an overnight kind of thing. This has been, this has been coming for a while. So um, that part, yeah, I was disappointed to, to lose the name Redskins, you know, because I just saw it as a football team. I didn't get involved in all the politics and, you know, why, see, why people saw the name as racist and stuff. I just, I just saw it as a football team. But then I've interviewed plenty of people on both sides of the coin, I had a Native American guy on um, who lives out in a reserve in the States who was nearly in tears on the podcast because we changed the name because um, it was so close to his heritage and his people, as he said. But then, I, like I said, I spoke to people who wanted the name changed for years. They wouldn't attend games because we were called Redskins. And, you know, and then we had the whole Larry Michael stuff coming along. It's just typical Washington, you know. It's just, there's always a drama. It wouldn't be us if there wasn't a drama. Um, so the whole Larry Michael stuff come along and it was it was disappointing but now with the likes of Julie Donaldson Ron Rivera Jason Wright's come on now he's a really good guy I've been lucky enough to interact with him a little bit over the last few months um, we're heading in the right direction off the field we just need to get on the field sorted as well yeah that's fair um, sounds great okay so we're going to start off with some news and then we're going to have a look at the game preview so to start with a bit of a roster transfers to talk about so Dallin Dawkins a running back has been re-signed to the practice squad Kevin Strong a defensive tackle has been released from that practice squad to make way and Hunter Bryant 
has returned to practice as of November the 11th, so two days ago as we're recording. Uh, he has now 19 days to be activated or he will be done for the season. Uh, Hunter Bryan obviously uh, went undrafted but was a, a shock, I think, during the draft to go undrafted and that he came with high hopes. We hoped he might be that third tight end that's currently occupied by Isaac Nauter, who is not perhaps a mainstay on this offense, could be dropped in favor of Hunter. So promising boys hopefully he gets back yeah we need some depth at tight end to be fair Hawkinson's obviously having a brilliant year and he's turning into the first round pick we hope for but beyond that you know Jesse James has shown in flashes for us but still not convinced yet so you know any depth to that position at the moment's welcome bit of competition there and hopefully he uh, fulfills the potential that we saw in him when we got him yeah, I do not see any depth. Uh, players being added and switched around and put in that aren't at running back at the moment because that seems to be the only position pairing that we're adding depth to. How many running backs can you fit in one room? Um, but no, it's, it's like I say, ho- hopefully you can, hopefully it's positive for him and something that will hopefully help us a little bit going on into the season. Fingers crossed, although it doesn't help that he's been out for most of the season and gone undrafted and then didn't have a pre-season. I do wonder if he'll see the field at all this year, but fingers crossed. Uh, Last bit of news, it's been a slow news week, but the PFF All-Pro mid-season team came out, and despite the fact that we're three and five and everyone thinks the Lions are awful, we have three players on the PFF All-Pro team. Two on the second team, one in the first team. I think everyone can guess who the first team player is because we rave about him almost reluctantly. But that's Jack Fox, the punter. He's still by far and away the best punter in the league so far this year. He's still on to have the single best season a punter has ever had in the league statistically. So no surprise there. In terms of the second team players, it's the centre, Ragnar, and the safety, Duran Harmon, who I think people might be a bit surprised about that he's made an appearance there. Thoughts on, on the all-pro lists, boys? Yeah, I think that about makes sense. We all know how good Ragnar is. It's his contract year and he's going to be earning a lot of money. And I don't think I disagree that Corey Lindsley's probably been the best centre by quite some distance for, for Green Bay. But it's good to see him get in there. Harmon's one of those you just... We don't see, I feel like I've not seen him so much this year. I, don't, I feel like the amount of big plays he's made out there, but he seems to be low-key having a good year. It's an odd one with him, but it's always good to see guys make the team. But... We need a lot more in the second half of the season. I think Jack Fox was a lock, though, wasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, he had to be. He, he had to be. So I, I, there were no shocks there. Jerron Harmon, okay, maybe a little bit. Uh, not quite a watch, you know. I won't even go far to say it's shock, but um, you know, I, but I, I can't complain. Um, can't complain with that at all. Uh, I mean, hopefully. It, Offer something a bit more positive or something a bit more positive to look on uh, on this on the team this year and prove that you know, it's not all bad. So the only one that was a surprise to me is someone that didn't appear on that list. I didn't hold too much hope that people would appear on the list, but one I thought might have gone to the second team list is Taylor Decker. Uh, our left tackle, he was signed to a very big deal. People thought maybe it wasn't good value. And he has the second longest streak on the offensive line of any team in the league for no sacks allowed so far this season. So what he has to do to get on that list, I don't know. But he's playing out of his skin and it's a shame he's not there. But anyway, 
that is the news. So we're going to move on to the football team at the Lions and we have the injury reports and I'm going to try and refresh to see if Washington's come out yet, but it hasn't quite at the time of recording, according to DetroitLions.com anyway. So the Lions injury report is out. The only person who is definitely not playing is Kenny Golladay. He is confirmed out. There are six players questionable in a very long injury list for, for the Lions and they are the running back wide receiver return man Jamal Agnew, guard Joe Dahl, linebacker Jared Davis, tight end TJ Hawkinson, tight end Halapulavati Vaitai, and defensive tackle Nick Williams. The rest of the players that are listed who have no designation are Tyrell Crosby, Mike Ford, Everson Griffin, Christian Jones, Jaron Kirst, Jeff Okuda, Danny Shelson, Matthew Stafford, and Tracy Walker. I'm out of breath having tried to say all of the people on that list, fingers crossed the team can actually stumble onto the field on Sunday, boys. Not the most promising of lists, um, especially for Kenny being out. We knew it was probably going to be the case. Does he even want to be there anymore? Not sure. Um, but there oh, we go. I'll get into that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if Ryan was here, he would be making that case. So I feel like uh, obligated to, to say something there. But there we go. Uh, I think. Hawkinson's obviously the big one on there. He needs to be fit this weekend because he's the second best receiving option we've got behind Kenny at the minute and to lose him just makes a massive hole in that offence. You know, even bigger than the one that's been left by Kenny. So fingers crossed he's going to be fit. I think out of all those, he's the one I want to play the most. Yeah, um, Agnew hopefully will be able to make it. He's proven to be a bit of a Swiss Army knife this year. Uh, obviously not seen a lot, but on special teams or when he's when he's been given the ball on offense, he's done he's done a good job. Um, can't complain with the output that, he, that he's given. Tyrell Crosby st- uh, sticks out for me as someone who I'm just happy to happy to know he's going to be in the game. He's been very good so far for us um, on the old line, and uh, hopefully, you know, ho- hopefully he'll continue to do that. Other than that, here's what it is: we all knew um, Matthew Stafford. You know, just, just glad he's been able to. I know he passed concussion protocol, but glad to see his neck's all right. Um, and my boy, the love of my life, my everything, my night and day, Tracy Walker is back this week. Um, <laughs> oh dear lord! Right, I think I'm we should create a jar. For, I think we should create a jar for him, and he has to put a pound in it every time he mentions his name. Yeah, I think that's fair. The pot would raise a fortune. We could we could fund a trip to America by the end of this year. We'll do that if you can put into it every time Kyla Murray or um, if you every time you mention Kyla Murray, Anthony. Every time Matt mentions Matt, uh, Josh Allen. And every- um, right, go back and listen through all our podcasts and find the last time I mentioned Kyla Murray. Probably the last podcast. That's, that's rubbish. That's absolute rubbish. You'd be looking at least six weeks ago when we played them. Don't even joke. Don't joke. All right, boys, we'll move on. Um, the Washington the Washington injury report isn't quite out yet, but looking at Thursdays, obviously Carl Allen is out for the year now, but he's still listed. I assume he hasn't quite gone on to IR yet. Thomas Davis um, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, and Jaron Christian didn't practice on Thursday. Otherwise, everyone was full or limited practice. So Antonio Gibson's probably the one that stands out for me. He practiced on Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday. Uh, the other players on there, Dontrell Inman limited on Thursday, Dustin Hopkins kicker limited, and Jared Norris also. I don't reckon next. Hopkins is playing now, apparently. Oh, that's good. I mean, is there an on there that gives you uh, a worry if they don't play? 
I still haven't forgiven Hopkins for Wembley Stadium, so um, it won't bother me if he uh, doesn't play. Um, I was quite pleased to see Antonio Gibson uh, come back and practice. That was a worry when I heard that at the start of the week. But Ron Rivera come out and said that he's fully fit. He's he's going to be a big weapon for us. And obviously, we've got Alex Smith under uh, his first start of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But we seem to have a pretty much full squad, apart from the unfortunate incident of Kyle Allen. We seem to be there or thereabouts. We've, you know, we've got such a tiny roster anyway. So as soon as we get any injuries, we've been we've been struggling this season. But we're a bit like you guys. We're just going to hobble onto the field and see what happens. I wouldn't worry about losing Gibson there because you've got McKissick backing him up. And if there's anything we know this year, we've got running backs coming to haunt us, even if they're fourth stringers <laughs> for the Vikings. I've already well, you say that, but you've got, you've got Adrian Peterson coming to haunt us. Haunt you with his two yards per rush, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so Aaron, you ready for your history of the matchup? I am. Um, this one, I mean, I mentioned last week that we're now getting into a couple of games where the history of the matchup is not actually quite favorable. Washington football team, uh, Andy, this will make you a bit happy. Washington football team, I believe we have the they are the team we have the fourth worst record against in terms of percentage of games, and we've played a few of them. Uh, Washington lead the series of of games thirty one to fourteen out of the out of the forty five games played. So just over two thirds of the games are in Washington's favour. The first game was in 1932, where the Boston Braves played the Portsmouth Spartans. Um, And that ended in a 10-0 win for the Portsmouth Spartans, who ended up going on to be the Detroit Lions. And uh, the Boston Braves obviously went on to be the, um, the Washington football team. The Lions started off the series quite well, winning the first five matchups in a row between 1932 and 1935. Then, in 19, before they didn't play again until 1938, in which the Boston Redskins had moved to Washington and become the name that they had for so long. After that, it was not very much luck for the Lions whatsoever. Between 1938 and 1946, Washington won six on the bounce. Uh, then the Lions managed to get one back. Then the Red, uh, then Washington got a game. Then the Lions won. Then the uh, then Washington won. Then the Lions won, and it just kind of went like that for for about five games. And then, are you ready for this kick in the teeth, lads? Are you ready for this absolute kick in the teeth? Washington, between 1968 and 1997, went on an 18-game unbeaten run against the Lions. 18 fucking games. Two of which managed. we managed to take them to overtime. The... As you all know, my main look at things during this is to try and look at the last five games and look at how the last five games have gone. The last five games are actually in the Lions' favour. Between 2009 and 2019, we have won four out of the last five. 
A couple of notable games, though, uh, just before just before I wrap up. We have played Washington in the playoffs three times. Uh, once in 1983, which was a wild card matchup in which the uh, in which Washington won 31-7. Then another wild card matchup in 2000, which Washington won 27-13. But there was the famous uh, the last time the Lions won a playoff game in 1991. We went through to the NFC Championship game where we met Washington, who gave us uh, a really, really, really close game in which they just edged it out 41-10. Earlier in the season, I think many people, uh, if you are a Lions fan and you can re- and you can remember back that far, chances are if you've been a Lions fan that, that long, that's the time you are trying to remember the most back in the Barry Sanders days and the Wayne Fonts era. You will remember that we started that 1991 season with a 45 nothing drubbing off Washington. So it's not the best of histories we've got against, against this team, but more importantly, um, the, more, the more recent history is in our, in our favour, uh, having won four of the last five. It's just the last one, uh, which was last year. Uh, in November, where Washington managed to eke out a 19-16 victory over us, and that's basically it. That that's the history. Not a good one at all for us. Well, the recent history hopefully would suggest that we might be able to get this one over the line. Um, the Detroit Lions three and five, Washington two and six. Detroit at home zero and three, Washington away. 0-3. So a tie is clearly in the books here. Um, lock it up. That's what's happening. Um, how are you feeling, Andy, about the season so far, aside from this game? Uh, obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, you've, you've got to be happy. And since it's transitional, maybe not too worried about the offense in general. It will come good, won't it, when you, when you get your franchise quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> We've been saying that since RG3 left. Um, it's... Yeah, it started. We've had, you think we've had three quarterbacks already this season. Uh, Haskins was meant to be the one that we were going to see how he'd done, and he was going to be the future, and we were going to progress him. Uh, we all know what happened with him. Carl uh, Allen was then going to come in. He knew, un- apparently understands the offense and understands how it works. Gets injured in the first uh, half of his game. Alex Smith is on the field for the first time in two years. Um, Ron Rivera saying we're going to try and make a run at the NFC East. And, Let's be honest. It's probably you know it's called the NFC least for a reason. Um, it, yeah, I think it is just been a big, big typical Washington season. You know, they say we're in a transition season, but how many times are we going to say that? You know, we seem to have been saying it for years now. RG three to Kirk Cousins, and then on and on and on. Then we get to this season. Dwayne Haskins. You can kind of understand Ron Rivera's view on it. It wasn't his pick. You know, he's come in and he's got a guy there who the owner picked, you know, um, in the in the draft. So, again, it's just a typical Washington season. How will the season finish in the NFC East? I couldn't possibly tell you. I think it could come down to we play the Eagles uh, on the road last game of the season. But if we're getting beat at home to teams like the Giants, I think 
I just I want us to compete. I said on our podcast this week, someone asked me what I wanted for the rest of the season. I just want us to compete, really. I don't want us to be down by 20 points again at half-time. That seems to be the thing this season. I mean, if you guys get a lead, you, you, nine times out of ten, you should hold on to it. Although we've come out in the yeah. second half. Of, we've come out for well, Yeah, I'm looking, looking at how you guys have... Uh, I, I won't mention it. Obviously, you've got the Vikings game. You got dropped by the Colts and, you know... Um, you're pretty much our teams are so similar you know what I mean we're both not very good at the minute you know um, we're kind of like you guys what, what do you expect now from this season you know we've won two games you've won three are we just here now playing out these remaining what is it eight games or so something like that so yeah I'm defensively side of the ball I'm, I'm more than happy obviously we've got Chase Young come in when you see a rookie getting triple teamed on a Sunday you know you're doing something right um, offensive side of the ball pfft. The change of quarterback just kills us. We have a different, you know, we've had three quarterbacks. So trying to, Alex Smith is in there now. You know, he's called check down Charlie for a reason. So I think you guys are right. He's not going to throw many two deep balls come Sunday. So yeah, I'm just, I don't, I'm a bit like, Meh. it's just one of them seasons again for me. It's, it's Washington football in a nutshell. You know, I've had, I've had this since 2012 was our last spark when we could have, when, you know, when we made the playoffs. I said, I've been a fan since 99. I've seen my team play in the playoffs three times. <laughs> says it all <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I think I've, I've been a fan since 2009 and I've seen two playoff games I know you've been 10 years longer and it's only one more game but as, as yeah. far as we're going it's probably similar on average um, no, our franchises are very similar very yeah. similar at the minute for the last few years you guys have been you know people have probably said to you oh guys will this be the season that you turn it around and you're probably like you're like me you're like yeah you know you started we beat the Eagles first game and we're all getting a bit hype and then we realised well the Eagles are trash they had half their team missing went on a bad run then we trounced the Cowboys and then you look at the Cowboys and I probably could have put 11 mates out on that field and we probably could have beat them you know what I mean so we're a bit like, we're a bit like you guys really you probably get it all the time oh is this the season the Lions do something yeah and you're all hopeful and then six games in you're like here we go again so yeah accurate accurate just looking at the rest of your schedule if five and eleven or six and ten is enough to win your division which it looks like it might be if the Eagles don't do particularly well and there's no indication that they're going to get you know size that can be better if you beat the lions home to the bengals away against the cowboys you could be five and six and that that is a game away from the playoffs potentially do you think do you think you can do it i think we can i mean i generally think we'll win this sunday i've got a funny feeling in my bones uh, about it I, but then again you know we it could be it could be one that we have to start quick this weekend. But to answer your question, I think we could do it. But then if you look after that, I think it's Pittsburgh, San Francisco. We've got some hard games after that coming up. So these next three are crucial for us. We have to win this Sunday. Um, but then we have to beat the, uh, the Bengals. And then with Thanksgiving, we go to the Cowboys. And Jesus, if we can't beat them, we really are in trouble at the minute. So... Yeah, the next three games are telling. But look at it, you know, you should be embarrassed to say that you could win your division within five or six games. You know what I mean? It just proves how bad the NFC East is. And like someone said to me on our podcast this week, if we did get into the playoffs, that could be the most embarrassing playoff game in the history of football. So do we really want to do it? Yes, it would be great to say we've won, the, we've won the East, but do you really want to be the guys that saying, yeah, we won the East winning six games of football? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting, lads. But um, I'll take it. I'll take it if we've got You never know once you're in the hat. 2020 is the weirdest weird year ever. Could you, could you imagine if the, if the Washington Redskins went on to win the Super Bowl? It'd just be like, 
it would blow everyone's mind. I think 2020 would have to switch off and we'd all have to restart. But um, yeah, I'll take it, mate. I'll take it. I'll take anything being a Washington fan. By the time by the time it hits the, the Super Bowl, it'll be 2021. So, you know, that maybe not quite, but hopefully the world will be getting back to some sort of rights then. I just want to jump back on, on a quick something you mentioned there, um, there Andy, is obviously, like you say, you, you and Matt uh, going off similar records of uh, Matt 10 years, you 20 years, and two and three respectively. Um, I think it's actually four. So you've had 2005, 2007, 2012, and 2015 that uh, Washington have made the playoffs. And in that time, one thing that you do have over us with our two is you've at least seen them win one of those playoff games. We've not seen that since 1991. Um and that was in that game was in two thousand and five. So just make yourself feel a little bit better there on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have said I've only seen us win one home playoff game. Um, yeah, I mean you got. I was, chat, I was looking about this today, obviously, when I'm looking up about doing this show tonight, and our teams are so similar. You know what I mean? The, the, you know the lines are they're steeped in good history. They're, they're like us, but for like fans, that, a lot of people said to me like, "Oh, I can," because I'm always like, "Well, the NFC East is, is rubbish. It's crap," and everyone's like, "How can you say that, Andy?" But then I realised I'm only 40, and I only started watching in '99. So a lot of the Redskins fans' podcasts I've been on or TV shows that I've done, they're like, "You've never really seen anything good." I've never seen us play in the Super Bowl. You know, I've seen us win one home playoff game. Um, I've I've not known anything else apart from well, yeah, it's it's okay. You know what I mean? I'm still a fan. I still love my team. I still want us to do well. But I'm like a lot of you guys. I've I haven't really seen haven't seen anything. You know, the odd playoff game here and there. But all I've seen is quarterback drama and name change drama and you know this this and this. And yeah, I am like you guys. So the similarities between the two teams are yeah are unbelievable, really. So looking at the ESPN matchup predictor, it has it at 53% to the Lions, 47% to Washington, which is, you know, coin flip territory, really. Having said that, looking at the betting on Betfair, the spread is four and a half points in favour of the Lions, which doesn't seem to match up for me. If it's that close to a coin flip, I think I saw one game where we were three point underdogs and it was like, 65 35 in the opposition's favor on the matchup predictor so there's a, a bit of disparity between where the different publications think this game is going to go um in terms of where the lines are coming from obviously the most recent game was a loss against the vikings not going to rehash that but they we really struggled in the run game and the play action pass game which are two aspects that i think washington are going to be very good at so the the injury report for Washington has now come out since we've been recording. Uh, obviously, Kyle Allen is out. We knew that. Dontrell Inman is out. Uh, Jaron Christian, the tackle, is out. And Jared Norris is out. And then you have Jeff Badet, uh, Badet, Dustin Hopkins, questionable. And then no designation for Thomas Davis and Antonio Gibson. So... Gibson, obviously, big threat. And uh, as we've highlighted earlier on, McKissick is probably going to give us a bit of trouble in that role too. Um, in terms of the football team, they last were out against the uh, Giants, which I ended up watching yesterday. And it was uh, Jekyll and were you Hyde. That bored? Were you that bored yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> it's was, it was one of those things, though, where in flashes, Washington looked fantastic. Uh, on offense as well some of the touchdowns he scored were great yeah. um on defense he looked 
very, very good in part and still somehow, you know, tried almost to lose the game. It seemed like there was no way that the Giants should have come out of that with a victory, in my opinion. But First half, Gildas, really, again, you know, you look at some of the games this season where we've just dug ourselves too much of a hole to get out of. And, you know, you can't go in at halftime playing that bad. I mean, a lot of people said that was one of the worst halves of football that they had seen us play in years. And that's saying something because we played some crap in the last few years. Um, so if we do that against you boys again on Sunday, I mean, I know, you know, we, you guys laughed earlier about, you know, if you get a lead against us, you'll probably hold it. But I know it's a sort of subject amongst, uh, amongst Lions fans, but we can't start off slow again. We have to come out the blocks and we'll run the ball a hell of a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be it's, it's going to be an interesting game. So I've gone ahead, as I always do, to summarise some of the key stats from Pro Football Reference about Washington, just to give the fans the main idea of the tale of Washington's season so far. So they scored 153 points, that's 30th in the NFL. They've turned the ball over 15 times, that's 28th in the NFL, and also 28th in net yards per attempt in the passing game. Nine rushing touchdowns is 10th in the NFL. They're not so great on third down. 38.1% 38.1% conversions, that's 27th in the NFL, but they're not so bad on fourth down, 63.6% is 14th. Red zone conversions for touchdowns, 58.3%, 22nd in the NFL, so not great. In terms of DVOA on offense, they are minus 24.4%, that's 31st in the NFL, so <laughs> offense, not the strong point. Um, you really cheering me up here, Matt, thanks for <laughs> The, um, the starting quarterback, Alex Smith, uh, his first start, but in the other two games, he's come on in relief, 67% completion rate, 362 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, his yards per attempt, highest of the quarterbacks so far for Washington at 7.4 yards per attempt, 14% sack rate on 49 dropbacks. So the offensive line are doing no favours to Alex Smith. Having said that, Antonio Gibson is the main threat in the running game. 391 yards, five touchdowns, 4.3 yards of attempt, and 49 yards per game. And that's the one that stuck out to me on offense. Gibson's only had 49 yards per game and yet looks like an absolutely massive threat for you. Has he been underutilized? I think he has, and a lot of Washington fans want to see more from him uh, on the offense. I mean, we've used him as a, obviously, he's a running back predominantly, but you know, there's a lot of talk that's saying we couldn't utilise him elsewhere because if you look at our wide receivers, once you take Terry McLaurin out of the equation, all you pretty much got to do is double team him and then you're looking at tight ends like Logan Thomas and, you know, you've got Cam Sims and, he, yeah, he could have been utilised a hell of a lot more. Um, everyone keeps saying, well, this will be the game that he that he does it and he breaks out and he gets news more, but it hasn't happened yet and, um, yeah, a lot of people are. They're asking that same question that you just asked, Matt. That you know, has he been used enough this season? But like I say, we've got JD McKissick. He's um he's a very very good player. I really rate him quite highly. He's coming on, he's coming on well now. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully this Sunday um we'll be able to unleash him a bit more and um get the win over you boys. One of the many underutilized former Lions players, uh, McKissick, on your roster. So that's going to be an interesting one. But I'll go on to the defense because that's going to be a bit brighter I think 188 points against that's 11th in the NFL team turnovers forced is nine that's 17th so about middle of the road in that aspect touchdowns against 
in the passing game, 11, that's sixth in the NFL. Against the run, nine, that's 19th. So uh, much better than average and average against the run. In terms of third down conversion, at 40% against, so that's 12th in the NFL. And on fourth down, 50%, that's 11th. Red zone percentage, 56.5, that's eighth in the NFL. And defensive DVOA, 14, minus 14.6%, that's sixth in the NFL. They have eight interceptions, They've got 27 sacks on the year. And the leading player that I can see is actually in the secondary, not that defensive line, although he's probably aided by that defensive line. Cornerback Kendall Fuller. He's only played six games this year. He's got four interceptions and five passes defended. That leads the team in both categories. I'll go on to special teams as well before we discuss all things. So in terms of kicker, 10 of 14 on field goals to 71% and extra points 13 of 14 for 93%. Punter has a net yards per punt of 48.4. 77% of the time, the kickoffs will result in touchbacks and the special teams DVOA is minus 2.4%. That's 24th in the NFL. Um, is it that Kendall Fuller is, is really flashing for you or is it that the D-line has forced the quarterback into a lot of mistakes, do you think? I think at the start of the season is a bit of both, but Fuller is—he's he's an unbelievable player. You know, he's—he's he's such a good player. He's like literally uh, right place, right time. He is like Mister Reliable. Um, I, I think a lot of was expected of our defense at the at the start of the season. You know, especially when we got Chase Young. But you've only got to look now. You look like he's getting triple teamed every single game. I again stupidly went back and watched the Giants game just for a, for a podcast purposes. And you know, it's lockdown. I've got nothing else to do. Um, and yeah, he's he's getting triple teamed every game. So, um, but when like he got interviewed this week, they say, "How do you find getting triple teamed?" He went, "Well, if there's three players on me, then that gives my other teammates a chance to get to the get to the quarterback." So we could see some that on Sunday but yeah Fuller's been Fuller's been fan, fantastic uh, as cornerback you know he's had to be so if he gets over him you're into the likes of Troy Apke at safety and you know that man can catch a cold so um, yeah he's, he's really impressed me this season I mean looking at the sack rate it's, it's really impressive just that defensive end area so Chase Young as you say gets triple teams and yet still has three and a half sacks off seven yep. games Montez Sweat leads a team with five sacks Ryan Kerrigan has four and a half he was mentioned as a trade possibility to the Lions at the deadline for maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick. It never sounded that realistic. He's only started one game so far this year, but don't put much stock in that because I, I suspect he's a situational player at this point in his career. Yep. Four and a half sacks is, is very, very impressive. Any thoughts on those stats, and Aaron? <coughs> oh, sorry. What, 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 what stood out to you in that rundown of stats? Offense, defense, special teams? I was just, sorry. Um, <laughs> Wake up, Aaron. I was, I was um, no, I think the one thing that gets me a little bit is, um, well, nothing's particularly surprised me in those stats, I'll be honest with you. Um, Washington is not a team that I, I, I particularly followed and, uh, and made a lot of hoot-ha about this season into knowing what they're doing. Um the, the, the main point for me this season with, with watching and paying attention to Washington is just you know, kind of hoping and wishing Ron Rivera's all right and his health's okay. Um, and that, that's kind of been my, my thing with it. So I don't think there's anything particularly standing out to me, but that might that might just be me and my, my knowledge and relationship with Washington being pretty limited. 
So, and I know you're probably the one out of all of us that watches the most games. I don't know if you've caught too much of the football team this year. Um, yeah, I, from our standpoint, I don't really like this matchup at all. I mean, the one thing you can say about them, obviously, that defence is really good. It's loaded with first-rounders, former first-rounders, second-rounders in there, and they've just got such an effective pass rush in there, as you can tell by the sack counts they've had. And the one thing that's been struggling more for us in our recent weeks is, of course, the offensive line, which we've waxed lyrical about for ages. And But, you know, in recent weeks, apart from Taylor Decker holding his side down, there's been cracks starting to appear in that a little bit and when you're coming up against such a dedicated pass rush there it's you know you sort of fear for Stafford getting after him especially you know there's Chase Young in there I, I, I'm not looking forward to that at all because everyone was hoping that we'd get him and you know because we've it's such a dire need of an edge rusher on our team so I'm not looking forward to that little match up there. And to be fair, I've lost faith in the offensive play call. And I think we're going up against a really strong defense here. And I just don't know if the coaches are going to adapt to it. As we saw against Indianapolis, we came up against a great defense there. And, you know, we started off all right, but then we just tailed off and we really started to struggle. And then on the flip side, you look at their offense and, yeah, um as I've been saying, they are a little bit light there, but the two things they do, they run the ball well and, you know, you're going to see a lot of play action passing in there. And one of the staple of Patricia's defences that we've seen so far, you know, we bend, not break. We sit deep. We allow the shorter routes there. So we're not giving up the big plays. And, you know, anyone can tell you going into this game, Alex Smith, you know, it's such a wonderful story and I'm glad to see him back there. But from a coaching point of view, you've got to look. He's not going to be hurting us too much downfield. He's not going to be throwing big bombs down there. We need to be getting pressure on him. We need to be attacking that O-line of theirs and we need to bring the defence up, you know, really to get at them. But I just fear that week on week, you know, we're going to see the same again. We're going to allow them to make these short, easy gains. We're going to struggle to stuff the run and they can put points up on us on there. And it's it's just one of those. I, I just don't like the matchup on either side of the field at the minute. And especially if TJ's not in on our offence. You know, we're really needing the guys who've not been there on our offence this year to sort of stand up. You know, your Marvin Halls, Jones is getting better, which is good. Amendola needs to start doing a bit more as well. It's, yeah, it, it, it's what you get with them. You're going to get a really good defence, which we've somehow got to get around. And we just, we need to adapt to the kind of offence they're going to bring us. And I can only hope that for once in his life, Matt Patricia stops being stubborn and does adapt to it because, you know, we know what we're going to get for them. But... Yeah. It's one of those. So if I kind of open it up to everyone just to kind of pick out what they think their key matchup, where the, where the game's going to be won is. So Aaron, what do you reckon? Um, I think the game, specifically from a Lions point of view, um, on our defence, it's going to be... It's going to be where our linebackers are. So um, the slot, uh, the uh, who, Washington wide receiver three, tight ends... Um, a lot of the game would be won there. We look at the way we've reacted to certain quarterbacks, and obviously it's been mentioned previously. I think I think it was you who specifically said it, Matt. Is where we seem to scheme and we do really well against mobile, uh, modern. I say this in air quotation marks because nobody can actually see me do that. And listen. Um, modern quarterbacks who 
are just as good with the legs, if not better with the legs, than, than they are with their arm. You look at Kyle Murray. We managed to stop Kyle Murray quite well this year. Gardner Minshew, okay, he's not exactly elite on either side, um, but Gardner Minshew can and will do both. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we've done quite well against quarterbacks like that. And then you think, right, okay, when... But then you look at some of the quarterbacks we've come up against. We spoke about it with Breeze. We've spoke about it with Rivers. Uh, you talk about Kirk Cousins. The ones who are not going to try and kill you with their arm in terms of the deep threat uh, or, and they're not going to run you off the field. You're looking at quarterbacks who are throwing short slant routes, screen passes. Um, you, uh they're they're the ones that that seem to be killing us off more than any other but you look at where who are the who are you targeting the most of a wide receiver three or a tight end you tight you're targeting the linebacker car you're under completely different coverage uh instead of your defensive backs and um that is where we've probably been the weakest this year in fact no only say probably it's where we have been the weakest this year on defense we've not been great in any form but we've been really, really bad there. Um, so defensively, I think that's where we're going to win it. And hopefully um, we need to be forcing the, uh, we need to be forcing Alex Smith into serious throwing scenarios. So by taking out those sort of, by taking out those, those guys out of the game, trying to stuff the run and not uh, try and stuff the run to the point where Alex Smith isn't being given good third down, fourth down scenarios. Um, but that's easier said than done to the point where, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy that I've got JD McKissick in my fantasy team this week. Um, and, um, you know, you just quietly sat there looking at someone going, I really don't want him to do well, but you know, at least I'd benefit out of it if it does. And in terms of our offense, um, I, I really don't know. I, think, I, I just don't know anymore with this offence because everything we thought it was going to be good at, we're just not good at it anymore. And I, I look at the Washington team and although it's made maybe not an elite defence, they are good across the board on defence. And it's something that, um, something that I think we, we could have a bit of trouble with. Obviously, if Hawk's gone, I, I, I'm going to lose my shit a bit. But Cephas... Hall, Jesse James are all people that we need to get in the game um, and have maybe a bit more of a sporadic passing game utilising everybody in terms of to, to hopefully, you know, so everybody's getting in the game contributing because that's what we need. We need Jones to turn up this week and he did really well. I think, I think Jones did really well last week but we need Jones to turn up again today and um, hopefully not see too much of Jack Fox, but we see that pump blocking team uh, coming out again and doing really well. Yeah. Andy, where do you see this being won and lost? Uh, I think we have to start the game fast. So uh, offensive side of the ball, I think Terry McLaurin's going to have a, uh, I think he's going to have a good one where we're all talking about the, the you know, the check down passes that Alex Smith is going to do. And yes, he does do a lot of them. But you guys will need to worry when Terry McLaurin gets that ball because he is going to be, you know, he's, he should he should go to the Pro Bowl this year. The guy is unbelievable. I mean, if you can't keep him quiet, 
you are in serious trouble because he's he's the next level. He's 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 in the elite. You know, we don't have many players. We've got Chase Young, we've got Terry. Um, he is in he's in the in, in the elite sector, I would say. So if that if he gets touches and he gets a lot of them, then you boys could be in a bit of trouble. Um, defensive side of the ball, like you say, I'm, I don't know what you guys are bringing offensively these days. You know, listening to you know, listening to you guys, you don't sound too confident. So. Um, uh, defensive side of, side of the ball, obviously, like you say, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. We are we are good defensive side of the ball. I mean, you, you said earlier, like these, you know, we've got some winnable games coming up. We we've targeted this as a winnable game. I'm not going to lie to you. Like both of us aren't playing very well, and as an organisation, as fans, we've really said, look, we can go into the Lions and and we can do a number on these guys, but. It's, it's how we play. So if we start off slow again and you guys punish us, that's it. We'll dig ourselves a hole that we probably won't get out on again because then we, you are forcing Alex Smith to throw the ball down the field. And we saw what happened last week when we played the Giants in the interceptions that we got. When he had to force it, we were, we were struggling. So, you know, like, um, like Aaron said, if you, got, if you can force Alex to throw deep down the field, then we might be in trouble because we've only really got Terry McLaurin um, that we can target. And uh, then you're looking at your tight ends like Logan Thomas and, you know, then you start to worry. But I think we'll run the ball really well. I think Antonio Gibson, he's been fantastic. JD McKissick is just, he's really good for us. I really rate that guy. Obviously, probably not good that you guys hear that being an ex-Lion, but I think he could come back to haunt you um, on Sunday, so I'm I'm actually hopeful for once for a, for a game. I mean, it sounds weird coming off after the Giants game, but if we're going to turn it around, this is the game to turn it around. You know, you've won three games, we've won two. So if you're going to go and try and turn it around, I'd rather do it this week than you know in any other week. Mm. I, I, we're not going to sleep on Cam Sims either after his game on Sunday. Um, I think it was three catches for 110 yards. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, that was a really impressive performance. I'm just going to read out the quick statement that Ryan gave me to say before I move on to Ant, and then I'll give my own thoughts. So Ryan in absentia has said, as they say, anything can happen on any given Sunday, but this week at Washington, uh, against Washington, it's all there ready for Alex Smith to crown his truly remarkable comeback with a win in Detroit. All I will add about the Washington game really is I was there last year in Washington for this game and it was fucking awful. So don't expect to see too much quality with this one, but we're all used to that. Oh, and in case I haven't mentioned it before, we haven't won in Detroit for over a calendar year. Patricia, strap in for what could spell 40 and out for you in the D. That was our typically upbeat Ryan Farden. Uh, I like him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a funny, funny guy. He sounds Uh, like a jolly chap. (laughs) (laughs) And um, where do you think this is going to be won and lost? Have you picked out anything perhaps unique from from them or do you you agree? Um. Well, there's two points for us where I think they're going to have the bearings on this game. Offensively, this is going to come completely down to the coaching because obviously we're missing our number one asset at wide receiver. You know, TJ's in doubt for this and he's been an absolute monster at tight end this year, which is a big blow for us. So they're going to need to get creative to get everyone in the game. If we start early, just giving it to AP or Swift and expecting them to bomb it down the middle, this is a defense that we're just going to stuff us straight away. And there are going to be, you know, we're just going to be in third and 13 situations again where Stafford's having to throw long. We're losing it. We're coming off the pitch. We're not getting the uh, time of possession that we need. Something has to change 
on this front. We need to start trying to, you know, develop the running game a bit, mixing some swing plays in there as well as trying to run it down the gut. We need to try and get more players involved. Cephas might have a big game for us here and Marvin Hall. I'd be looking to get them involved with their speed threats. But the coaching has to get better. And I tell you now, if we see a third and one from the goal line this week where we try a stretch play with just AP in the backfield, which is blatantly obvious, we're going to give it to him and we get stuffed, things are going to start getting broken because I'm just absolutely fed up of the lack of creativity that the offensive coordinator has because he's got so many weapons at his disposal in this team. But as we're coming up against a near elite defence, they need to be on point this week to make sure we put points on the board and hopefully put Alex Smith, who is 5-0 against us, which I do not like, uh, under a bit of pressure. Defensively, we need to be targeting the left-hand side of that offensive line, Washington's left-hand side. That is where the weakness is. That is where the guys have been struggling. You know, Everson Griffin, Romeo Aquara, they need to be really hammering hard at these guys, getting through, putting pressure on Smith, forcing him to throw. And if we can start laying some shots down on him, I mean, I say this in the nicest possible way, given what he's come back from, but if we can hustle him, you know, put a few shots down there, then hopefully it'll disrupt their offense and the run game won't be able to uh, hit us too much. So they're, they're the two areas I'm looking for. The offensive coordinators have got to come through with something good and we need to target that fragile O-line and get at Alex Smith. If we can do both of those, I can see us winning this game, hopefully. So, fingers crossed. Well, yeah. their, right, their left side is our right side and that's Romeo Aquara. So, and with the way he's been playing this year, Actually, that, that fills me with quite a bit of confidence. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope we bring a lot of pressure through there, to be fair. Like I say, if we bring the defence up a bit, I don't think he's going to be throwing too many deep early. Let's just really put some pressure on them because that, that O-line can break if you pressurise it a lot. And that's what I'll be hoping that we see nice and early. Yeah, so, for my own thoughts, I think it's going to be one in the trenches, which I've said so many times before. And I know it's one of those football idioms that anyone says. But in a more specific point, um, Jeremy Reisman, the lead editor of Pride of Detroit, tweeted something that we had in our planning document, which I'll highlight. The Lions run defense versus the NFC North in division. They face 97 rushes and they have lost 683 yards. That's just over seven yards per carry. Against everyone else, that's 150 rushes for 502 yards, 3.35 yards per carry which Detroit Lions run defense is turning up because if you look at the Washington team and the one the, the two threats they have Terry McLaurin through the air and Gibson and McKissick as the running backs if our running backs can show up and you're forcing Smith to throw the ball I think that tips the scales in our favor so which run defense turns up for Detroit is it that one that forgets that they have a um, a right end on the field and let's cook go for a 70-yard 70, 70 touchdown. Because if there's any issues there, you can forget about winning this game. But if we, the run defense was doing so well for a short period in the middle of the season so far that if they can get back to that, I actually think the, the scales tip in our favor. The other part of it for me is our running offense. If we start with Adrian Peterson running straight at the line, it's not going to go anywhere. We're going to lose. If we have a little bit of variety, if we have Swift as our lead back and actually let him just run the ball in the way that he knows best, he's averaging something like five yards per carry, 
I haven't looked at the stat, but it's something like that. In the previous game, it was something like six yards per carry, and he's consistently doing it in the passing and the running game. Get Swift on the ball. Carry on also ran very well last week. So if we restrict AP to specific carries designed for him only, as opposed to him being the bell cow, which they're trying to force him into and it's not working, then I think that tips the balance in our favour as well. So stop their run and run smartly on our side, and I think we can win this game. Um, That's all coaching, is it not? It's on coaching, for sure. Yeah, um, but I want to add in there, though, as well, that yes, it's one of those football idioms, and yes, I believe that it's played just outside of the trenches, but that it is undeniable at the moment. And that O-line, this this is where, for me, the the trenches come into it. Um, Recently, we've seen... We've not seen a great Matthew Stafford this year, but we look. I think I want to look at. I'm going to bring back the the Vikings game. I know we don't want to look too much into it because we'll all be sad and crying and uh, in for a one hell of a night of drinking, just trying to block it back out again. But some of the interceptions um, we threw, Stafford was thrown right into the the, the main. Va- uh, part of uh, the main bit that was uh, at the Vikings defense that was strong. He was throwing it right into their strong point. But we've seen a lot of Stafford this year where the O line, despite the fact that for the most part the O line has been fantastic, Decker is having a great season. And normally, the season after you get paid, um, first season in a new contract, normally that's a season where you see a bit of regression. But we haven't seen that from Decker this year. Brilliant. For me, Tyrell Crosby has been fantastic. Halapulavati Vitae. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, brilliant, isn't it? Um, Halapulavati Vitae has been... He's been what he's been. Um, but in general, the O-line's been great. But there have been moments in which we played quite good uh, D-lines. You look at the Colts game, great D-line. Um, and look at the... Stafford is not as confident, and I know a lot of uh, words have been said about his footwork, but he doesn't look as confident. And we said it at the start of the season, he's not throwing with any confidence. He's not throwing like he believes he can change again, like, like he used to. He used to throw with so much confidence, and he's not done that. How many times have we seen Stafford run in to defensive linemen? Where the pressure uh, run into where the pressure is coming from on the defensive line, we've seen that. Uh, how many times have we seen Stafford have to try and make a quick big throw in getting, um, which has turned into an interception quite a few times, and some of that is on Stafford. Absolutely, he needs to be able, he needs to be reading his situation better. But also, it's on that it's on the trench there. It's in the O line, and we need the O line to be holding off a bit better. Um, and for me. I know I'm talking about it being with a passing game, but they, those a lot, again, are coming in third down situations where it's third and long. And I mentioned it last week. I'll mention it this week. We need to stop putting ourselves in third and long all the time. We need to. That comes with the trench there. Also, um, I do want to actually add again on the, on the, on the de- defensive trenches. And I'm going to try and say this without laughing. So bear with me for one minute. I'm not going to look, right? Oh, don't. <laughs> oh, I know which name's coming now. Ha uh-huh. needs to be filling the hot... We need Penasini to come on and start filling the holes. Um, because he's been fantastic at it. 
hey, I didn't laugh. I didn't even smirk. And Matt's the one shaking his head. That's disgraceful. Get your mind out the gutter. Um, we need Penasini to come in and start filling these holes a bit better because he's what we've seen against some of the de- uh, some of the offenses this season is when we perform better against the run, we've had him there, and he's done really well at plugging the A and B gaps. And it's been and he's been a really good and welcomed addition to this whole, uh, to this D line. Tracy Walker would like to see him in a bit more of a strong safety. Uh, sorry. Um, in either a strong safety or a free safety role, not a mix of both, like I believe we've seen him this year, and in a bit of a bit of a, a strange point. And actually, I'm quite enjoying seeing him come down into a bit more of a free safety role, where he can come in, maybe get a sack, and bring Tracy Walker in on the blitzes because he's fast. And even if he's not the one coming in and getting the sacks, that's going to be a, a huge asset to us. We look at what we did to Gardner Minshew, and I'm not saying it's going to be the same against Alex Smith, but we didn't get all too many sacks against Gardner Minshew, but what we did was get close to him and make him see ghosts. I want to see us at least do that to Alex Smith and have Alex Smith you know, seeing something out the corner of his eye and needing to make a play quick before he gets sacked, even if it's not actually going to get sacked. Um, and my, my final talk is, I know that it's been mentioned we've not got to kill him off with his two-yard runs, but um, I want to see Adrian. You know, and actually, I want to ask Andy on this one as well. Um, Adrian Peterson's in for a revenge game more than more than last week. I know some people can't try to pin it up, but people actually seeing this one as a genuine revenge game for Adrian Peterson. The general consensus is he was done dirty by Washington. One. If you could answer it really quickly, please, Andy. How how is it? How's the feeling over there in Washington about Adrian Peterson returning and um, the situation regarding him and how he left? Every player that leaves Washington comes back to haunt them, mate. So to answer it as quickly as I can, I think he'll have a great game. We'll probably end up scoring three or four bloody touchdowns now in our luck. Um, I wanted to keep him. A lot of Washington fans wanted to keep him. If we're transitioning, we needed someone like him. With Antonio Gibson uh, in the in the team, even JD McKissick, I know he's got a bit more experience, but I, I personally would have kept Adrian Peterson. We kept Ryan Kerrigan to help Chase Young out, so why not keep Adrian Peterson? I would have had him in the team just for this. Well, we keep calling it a transition season, but I'll be trying to win the East. No one knows, but yeah, I, to answer your question, Aaron, I'm, I'm yeah, a lot of us are bitterly disappointed. A couple of people I've spoke to were glad that he's gone, but. It's, it's Washington, mate. I can guarantee you now, us guys could talk on Twitter or wherever it is on Sunday, I can guarantee you he will score at least twice. Fair. Fair. Okay. Um, you wanted to come in on a point, Ant, quickly. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to pick up on... No, it's kind of a bit of what you and Aaron said. Because um, you said, you know, the problems we've had with the run defence recently and Stafford's issues. And, you know, not to try and plug my point here, but I'd want to sort of... Uh, place the source of those problems all the way back just to the state of the coaching again because the last few weeks the reason I think in my opinion that the run defense has been struggling and especially it was no truer against the Colts is the time management you know again we put it back to the coach and the offensive plays really predictable you know we're going three and out very quickly it's putting the defense under pressure and that's sort of I think the tiredness in the defense is what is causing us you know, to have issues, you know, the longer you go on in the game, the running backs batter you more and more and more, and they make more yardage there. But then what that does on the flip side, 
to go to Aaron's point about Stafford and how he's been struggling is he's having to force us back into games constantly. I mean, that Minnesota game said more than anything. Two quick drives from them, 14, well, 13 nil up. We were three and out dead quick. That's forcing the issue there, really, and uh, it's forcing him to make throws, not necessarily that he's wanting to. I know he's not been the greatest in the world there, but, I mean, he'd not practised all week. He was a bit rusty, and you can't really have your, your guy been down so much all the time. So I would just bring it back to, again, the point of coaching is where we can trace the route to all these problems to, and they really, really need to up their game this week, the time of possession primarily the main thing. It allows the defence, because I think the defence is arguably better than the offence at the minute, and we probably wouldn't have said that at the start of the season. So, yeah, again, I think all these problems go back to coaching. They really need to pull their fingers out this week. Otherwise, yeah, we're going to struggle. Completely agree. Right, score predictions, boys. I'll start with you, Andy, as the guest. I think think we'll win... 2017. Aaron? Do you know what? I shaped myself then. I thought you said 2070. I was like, what? <laughs> I know you're a bit confident, but God. Um... <laughs> Don't think we can score 70 points all season, Aaron. Don't worry about it, man. I think we could. <laughs> I know, it's just, just one of those things. Um, as a sound engineer, I need to learn to hear better. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Lions 2717 on this one. And twenty-one twenty to the Lions. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm going for a, a snooze fest. Sixteen thirteen to the Lions. One oh. down each. Oh um, God! It's just as long as it's not as bad as last year's one, please. Um, a little we'll find out. It's, it's all set up to be a very very low scoring game, in my opinion. Um, Andy, let's get one more plug in. When's your next podcast out? Where can we find it? Uh, Monday will be our next podcast talking about the uh, the game this week. I'm lucky enough to have Ryan Fowler coming on who works for the Washington football team. He's on with me on Monday. Um, yeah, so Monday's our next show. Uh, we do one on a Wednesday called Being a Fan as well, which when we talk about the good old days, it's the only chance to get to talk about some good football. So we have like ex-Super Bowl winners on and ex-fans on talking about like Super Bowl wins and the, the, the Redskins teams of the of, of yesteryear. So yeah, Monday, uh, DC Tweet Team podcast will be out. So if any Washington fans listening want to check us out, uh, DC Tweet Team 1932 on Twitter. Fantastic. Right, we are going to be live on Zoom on Sunday, 5.30 UK time, 12.30 Eastern time in the States. And then our next podcast will drop on Tuesday to review the game that we just watched on the Sunday. On the socials, our Facebook is Detroit Lions Fans UK One Pride Worldwide. On Twitter, ROTL underscore UK. Instagram, ROTL UK. On the web, roaroftheliondsuk.com. Don't forget to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and we will see you on Sunday on Zoom for the game. Just like to thank my co-hosts, Aaron Fletcher, Anthony Fitzpatrick, and our guest, Andy. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been great. Uh, thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. Honestly, thank you for having me on, guys. It's always good to talk football and keep doing the work you're doing with the podcast. I know how hard it is to do a podcast for an American-based uh, team. So you guys seem to, from what I've seen today, you guys are doing a great job. So I wish you all the best, fellas. Fantastic. It's not, it's not Cheers, about Andy. the of the team. It's about the fucking teams that we support, isn't it? That's <laughs> yeah, they're both shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am Matthew Turner, and we will see you on Sunday. Let's go, Lions. One pride. One pride.